0: And we're back. Welcome back to another "Practice Makes Perfect" podcast. It's your favorite Fortnite commentator here, at Monster Deface, bringing you guys another episode this week. I want to thank you guys for, of course, tuning in with us, downloading these episodes, listening to the content that we pump out for y'all, and most importantly, just interacting with us across all socials. I've been thinking about this idea, and I want y'all to maybe give me some feedback. But we record these in video format as well, and I, I throw up the whole video up on YouTube. But I am feeling very motivated to take bite-sized clips big moments with our facial expressions you know throw a little editing on top of it maybe some subtitles and uploading them to youtube in the form of shorts or other types of smaller bite-sized content pieces let me know if you guys would be interested in seeing maybe more of the uh, Big title topics condensed on a single channel. I think I'm just going to launch a new project. And I don't know. Still thinking about it. Want your feedback. But with that, I got John Rush here, too, joining us, as always, every single week. What's up, my boy? What have you been up to, man?
1: Hey, I like the idea of your new project. I think we should totally do that. We have a lot of fun. And uh, and I think the world needs to see it as well as hear it. That's what I think. That's my vote. Yeah. Put it in the comments, everybody. Or or, or at MonsterDFace on Twitter. Man, I, I've been 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 just grinding. I, you know, we we are, you and I are in that entrepreneur leadership dad life, and we're just out out here, bro. I don't even know what like. I just it's like in one sense my my life is very planned out, and like because I have to be. But then in another sense, I'm like, what day is it? I don't know. It's this weird mix. You ever you know what I'm saying? Like you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, dude, for sure. Especially when I'm traveling, like it's incredible. So my son is three and a half months old right now. When I left, it was only two weeks, but I came back and I swear the dude had new mannerisms already in two weeks. I'm like, holy crap. Like, so yes, I feel like time is moving in these huge chunks, right? It has to do with, of course, the the home balance and that work balance, man. Traveling while you're gone and you're hitting all these different spots. Things can definitely blow by pretty quickly. Not to mention, this is like AV weekend, World of Warcraft, Alter Valley. So, hours hey. blowing, hours trying to get some honor. So, yeah, this week has gone by pretty quickly for me. Hardcore um, or,
1: about, or classic? or oh, what? regular.
0: I'm just playing regular. classic right now. I'm watching all the hardcore stuff. That looks yeah, so sick. The
1: hard, y'all have to watch, even if you're not a World of Warcraft person, just look up some hardcore, World of Warcraft, hardcore deaths. Those
0: YouTube videos <laughs> are, are hilarious. But also the emotion. No one wants to lose their character. It Basically, death equals delete. It doesn't get any more high stakes than that. Fun stuff. Just talking about fun stuff, though, I want us to shout out. DreamHack Dallas is next week. Last episode of the Fortnite podcast, we did cover, of course, everything that's happening. We touched briefly on how we'll be there during the weekend. If you're going to be there, you want to connect with me, you want to find the boys, yo, let me know, dudes. It's in Dallas. It's literally about a week out. The day we're recording today, Sunday, the 28th of May. So next week, the weekend of June, the first weekend of June, we will be out there. And it's not just me. It's some of the other practice server boys. So yeah, we got a whole little crew out there. Just want to encourage you guys and give y'all the opportunity. I've already got some DMs. So I'll probably post a lunch or something like that. I don't know. You guys hit me up depending on how many of us. I'll uh, I'll treat y'all. So we'll see. Tournaments, in-person stuff, LANs. Love it. There's so much. I would just add a-
1: Locally here in Charlotte, the school district, shout out to the CMS school district. They're doing a great job with their esports programs. They just put on a end of the year tournament event at the NFL stadium here in town. And it was so cool, man. It just like, just the feels being in the room and people are popping off and you're testing the setup that's not yours and the nerves. And like, man, I, I will say that my boy Rux, he is a, um, he, he has a full ride playing rocket league his team wow. has been the dominant team in the high school scene and but they mostly play online and they made it to semis nice. and he showed up his team did not bro and oh, they goodness. lost they were up 2-0 of a best of 5 against you know obviously their their opponent and even on that last game they won 6-1 in Rocket League and then the other team reverse swept them and being in a room when that happens, even if it is just so exciting, even if it doesn't go your way,
0: the energy is there's nothing like it, bro. Yeah, tough situation to be in. I'm sure there's a lot of life lessons he'll take out of that one, it may maybe even some adjustments to his team roster. Who knows? But he popped hey, off, bro. But land jitters are a real thing. This is this is a a real thing. Land jitters. You can you know you can play as as well as you'd like from home, but you have to perform, and in person performing is just different. It's it's a level of pressure. I don't think humans just in general were were designed to experience like this just you almost know you're walking into it so some people don't handle the anxiety and then that kind of environment very well and it takes you know tournaments and tournaments of of time to really get over it and some people never do what yeah i mean back in the day we used to do more
1: land practice for stuff because we had to you know like even the game i competed in halo 3 there was such a bad desync issue back in the day like if you didn't get actual land practice, you were not tournament ready cause it just, the shots felt so different. But a lot of these kids, there's no necessity for them to play in person except for these big moments. So I kind of feel for them. Like they literally go from, I bet you most of these kids have never played in front of a live crowd before. And so the pressure does get to you, man. It really does. Or it can. Yeah, it's
0: crazy. And, and just looking at the future, right? Like as much as we love to see a world where events and in-person activations are, you know, the thing that takes over we're kind of in this weird space where esports itself is way more expensive than lucrative. So, and then that's kind of the the topic and, and conversation we see really all over the timeline, where and how can we reach a point of sustainability? And and some of these people, you know, industry leaders are making these great conversations and we're going way off on the tangent, by the way. But You're bringing are... it back though. Watch them work, folks. Watch them <laughs> work. We'll tie, we'll, tie we'll tie it in a second, but I do want to conclude with this, just this thought, this conversation that there are industry leaders talking about the way esports in particular functions is not sustainable. And that's because we started off on the wrong foot. They should, they say that we should have basically been selling tickets and pay-per-view modeling high quality tournaments from the gates. And because we did not, it's almost, we're too far gone to look back now. So how and where do we come in and start making money? Because if you put a ticket sale or a pay-per-view behind a tournament. I don't care how big you know the team is. Like, are people gonna go buy it? Like, are people that much mega fans of the competition? Like, are you gonna buy your you know Counter Strike Worlds event? I would, but like, it doesn't feel right, you know, because the narrative isn't there anymore. You feel so good, and like maybe you can justify like sports events. You're so used to it. Mm-hmm. You, you pay to watch the Super Bowl, but basically we don't have that in esports. And they say that we started the industry off wrong just just an interesting topic there
1: but i mean that's that that idea is a very meta or macro big picture reality around a lot of what we're seeing with all these different organizations and content creators you know i mean we do not mean to keep talking about phase every episode but it feels like we have we have to because there's just there's ongoing things and and you know you know i would i would relate they're like the lakers and dallas cowboys of our of our culture you know and like i mean they you know it's hard to imagine a, a social media esports esports content creator world without phase and here we're we're kind of watching you know the negative side would say we're watching them fall apart before our eyes the positive part would say we're watching them evolve in, into something different and better but man there's 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 almost too many headlines to follow but the most recent ones as of this recording in just the like a one day span it's like one thing ends and another begins and we saw phase santana just kind of really getting into it with with what has been referred to on Twitter over and over again as the OGs, kind of just questioning, kind of pointing the fingers back at them, the OGs being those few, several guys who helped found the, the org. Um, Santana was kind of like, hey, when was the last time you saw them at an event, at a meetup, you know, da 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 And he kind of put them on, I think, thinking that he'd get a lot of, like, response from that. And, man, he basically got all the way somehow backed up into a lawyer because by the end of it, you know, we'll break down what happened, but by the end of it, he had like a like a public service announcement lawyer type stuff. And then right after that, we see what I'm sure most of you are very familiar with on some level is what happened between FaZe Rain and their new female content creator.
0: Yeah, and this is all coming off the heels of phase fires or downsizes, 50% true. of their staffing, yeah. followed by an additional 20% of their staffing street, cutting the legs off the 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 mammoth that was Phase stomping through esports. Now they are very much grounded, not only in their stock price, but just in their momentum. It really does seem like this boulder is sliding down a mountain right now, and they are trying to hold it in place, basically really looking to stop the hemorrhaging that's happening right now. Let's talk about it. Obviously, we we chatted so much week to week about Phase and the turmoil and the the issues they're having with just the bleeding of money, the the failed collaborations. But now we have this bigger internal strife happening, which I don't think should have ever become public in the first place, but it became public. So it became everyone's business when FaZe Clan, it, it was revealed that they were not paying literally their OG original founders and some of their original roster but on the other side of that token, they were dishing out millions of dollars to other influencers, creators, and board members and staff alike. So we had this whole contrast and that's what kind of opened up this Pandora's box. I mean, even this week, FaZe Ring called out Nick Merck, saying, Nick Murks, dude, you got over a million dollars salary just for being on the team. And I don't think I've ever seen you do anything that screams Phase from you. Like, that's how far these OGs, right? And I'm going to air quote the word OGs. Yeah. you know can be taken as, I don't want to sound like I'm siding with them. I don't agree with their perspective all the way or their argument. I do believe in capitalism and they sold their shares for millions upon millions of dollars. So I'm not I'm not all invested in the pity story that is them trying to bring down the Phase brand. I will be shocked if there's not some type of lawsuit that doesn't come from corporate Phase to these guys because what they're doing yeah. is insane. I mean, even you talked about Rain versus Grace. Rain like leaked her signing when yeah. FaZe Clan was trying to tease up the whole idea of like, yeah, we want to sign a female creator. He straight up said it, like, oh, they're signing this chick. What? Like, how is that not breaking some kind of rules?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, oh like, yeah, oh, that's interesting. We we don't I don't I wouldn't say we're side, siding with the OGs and even who would consider themselves OGs is interesting, like guys like Banks and Apex and Temper. You know, and of course rain were there at the very beginning but, but then you had to ask like how many other people that we don't know about or haven't thought about and how many yeah you know, it's just so it's so it's so in in depth and um it's sad man like i mean it's, it's complicated too because you know content creation in some ways has never been better i feel like right like in terms like it is it's becoming more lucrative but then it's like figuring out which aspect of that is directly tied to video games that part seems to be struggling it seems like a lot of people are are finding a hard time making living making a living playing video games and that is sad. And it's almost
0: like if it's happening to FaZe,
1: how could it not happen to everybody else?
0: Yeah. And you see the memes coming out like, oh look, another esports, you know, merch drop and apparel drop. Like and they're like, oh buy my merch. And they're also on the other side saying, hey, let's find ways, new ways to monetize. There's just it feels like, yeah, we're at somewhat of a standstill esports organizations and companies are finding it hard to monetize and even the ones that are aren't bringing in enough money yeah. for the roster in which they are fostering but this is why FaZe Clan is doing all of these cuts and they have yeah. really started to scale down their staffing yeah. uh, because if you think about it you know there's a lot of guys and we we've seen a lot of positions and roles even just recently with the company vice declaring bankruptcy mm-hmm. there were people on hundred thousand dollars salaries not really doing a lick of work throughout the week so i'm sure you know every company has their places that can yeah. uh, be more optimized right to make money well and
1: and and i think i think that the hard part is to stay alive you have to cut money but you have to keep spending money and so a lot of people are pointing out well nick Murks makes xyz well hey man like nick Murks is one of the elite content creators entertainers in the world like you know you know I mean, I would be hard pressed to find fifty, a hundred other people that can have the traction he does with an audience, you know? Like he's an elite guy, like not just in our space but beyond. Um, and then Grace, I don't you think that, you know, a lot of people were asking, why didn't you pull from any other like people who are more OG in the phase culture, the gaming culture, or like even like people that were a part of the various like basically rising star competitions phase did? But I feel like they pulled Grace in because she they're hoping that she pulls in some other other mainstream outlets yeah and like people brands, people who are like media like, attention yeah like a whole nother customer base that's the word i was looking for that's like man i know her from i know her from like her other stuff oh but she games cool you know and i feel like they have to try stuff at this point
0: yeah so and think about it right every esports team is still in this the same esports bubble right they're in this yeah. gaming bubble so I I get why fans would be so upset that FaZe is trying something different and, and breaking outside of the gaming bubble by touching these what would be mainstream influencers talent, like people outside of the, you know, endemic to the gaming space, but they have that little bit of interest, like she plays Valorant or Among Us, and that's enough for them because she creates her own personal content, so they didn't want to sign her, but I have to side here just a little bit because... I like. I'm not a big fan of like the over clickbait and, and yeah. doing things for the impressions and leading your fans on, and that's kind of what FaZe did. Like I'm, yeah. I'm not a fan of how they said, "Oh, we want to sign a female creator." But like, meanwhile, the contract's already done. It's already with a celebrity with a celebrity. (laughs) Yes. That's not in the space. What did you think was going to happen? Right, Like, that's the blowback. And that's where like phase rain and a lot of the other fans that have been watching the brand for so long. They're like, yo, you guys are predictable. Like you're straight doing these industry plant style moves. Like it's clear that you're doing these things for the impressions, for the clout. And you're not giving the core fans a chance, which is what this entire brain was built on. So yeah. there is a huge disconnect between yeah. what they believe is going to grow the company and what is going to keep the fandom around. Because I would be surprised if their sales in today's merch or any of those recent activations are close to what they were maybe a year ago when they were you know, like not in as much trouble as yeah. far as these corporate decisions they've been making.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it feels like they rolled a dice between, again, trying to bring in an new customer base or appealing to their core. And and again, I'm not them and I've not managed a bit budget like that. But to me, it just seems like the world right now is 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 moved forward by the core fan base. They're the ones who are going to spend more money. you know. And I'm like, man, if you could just, yeah, I don't know, appealing to their base would have made more sense than just bringing in a movie celebrity. It, I guess I don't love the like, to me, what gaming and esports and even like a lot of social media, YouTube culture has always represented is anybody can make it. Anyone can yep. rise up, anyone that's different. You don't have to be, you don't have to look like this. You don't have to look like that. You don't like, it was, that was to me what was so refreshing about it, you know? And then here we, we hire a literal like movie star. It's just, just feels sad. Like feels like all the
0: way back where we started, kind of. Yeah, it is crazy. Like, like big org signing already successful entities it's cool when they're like hardcore in gaming and they're killing it. Kai not, you know, a freaking a Shroud, right? A XQC when they're at their peaks and they're crushing it. Those are big signings. We get why they would be a part of an organization. We get why they should be chosen. But then you look at FaZe in particular. Again, they they go pick like a literal regular celebrity that that dabbles in gaming. And, and it does create these questions. And it's kind of heartbreaking to see like people that participated. You talk about those, those rising star competitions. The phase five like that fees five event where you had thousands of people trying to participate you boil you down to a top 20 you put millions of dollars into the warehouse you run this whole event it doesn't get any more diehard than that when you have these guys uprooting their entire lives kids you know men and women alike moving to your space yeah trying to be a part of this no one comes out of there at the end on top except for the one person that gets signed and then now you think about choosing a signing. Hey, you have these like amazing female creators that clearly love the brand. Why aren't we cultivating them? Why aren't they getting signed and picked up? And and maybe some kind of something being given back to them. That's the problem, and that's why they're in this situation. Let's talk a little bit more about the rain versus grace situation, though. Um, obviously, rain ruins the announcement. There, don't think that should have happened, but it does happen. Grace gets announced. All of a sudden, the comments are just tearing her apart and she doesn't deserve yeah, this either no, let's just no, be very no, clear man. no one deserves this targeted basically harassment because that's kind of what happened once rain decided to take shots at her
1: yeah and and like even now as we are recording stuff is coming out yes like in in i mean i don't even i don't even know that like we should dignify some of what phase rain just said with like reading it because essentially grace and rain went back and forth and uh and I would I would say that, like, I feel like he started from a somewhat normal place of, like, kind of what we said. Yo, why'd you pick her? Da-da-da. Again, he's a pretty harsh dude, though, and he, he leaked it. She responds, and honestly, like, I don't watch her very much, but her response was pretty weak. Like, it was kind of like, it was very much like she's playing Val, and she's kind of like, hey, yeah, like, no, like, you weren't even there. You know, it's kind of like, just felt like a weak response. But Rain just, like, what he's dropping right now, he just took it to a weird level, man, about, like, more stuff commenting around like her sexuality and all that stuff. And I'm just like,
0: Oh my God. He digs deep. He takes personal jabs at her personal jabs at her identity, how she's built her brand specifically around her one biggest appearance in stranger things. He, he, he probably hit her where her a lot. And so far, in fact, that she went out and she made another response video to the response. Right. So there is this yeah. back and forth quote to tweeting one another, dropping videos in grace's defense to that you know, those allegations and whatnot, she straight up starts, yeah, pulling out these different cards on Rain now. So if you guys wanna know more, you're gonna, there's so much going on and a lot of it honestly is probably not appropriate for this podcast. It really does get a little deep. And my my point is though, you would think even now the corporate side of FaZe should be telling Grace not to respond to these things. It does not look great for the FaZe brand. It's worse for her. She's gonna, you know, what could be potential fans this is going to become unredeemable for her. Like, yeah. I can easily see her literally quitting, like, tomorrow, saying, like, you know, why do I want to be a part of this? This is someone who is part of the founding, you know, members of this organization. Now the fans on Phase Hate Me? Like, what? Is this yeah. worth it?
1: And, and it's just bad business, man. Like, any- Terrible. To me—, to me- Anyone on either side who says that they like Faze needs to stop this because so if it was a if it was an esports team versus esports team, I'm actually okay with some smack talk because there was a natural resolution and it acts you know even like look at like Logan Paul and KSI at least there was some like I mean I don't even know that that was the healthiest but at least there was some resolution to it right This is just pointless or like rap beef you know like when uh when like. Eminem and Machine Gun Kelly were beefing. They weren't just angrily tweeting at each other. They were making music. So as far as the business side of it goes, you're like, oh, there's content coming out of this. This isn't content. This is like no one's buying anything because of this crap. And I think that's the problem is content creators are are creating things that even if they get impressions, they're not driving the business forward. Um, And it just feels like a big waste of time. Like, I don't want to wear a face shirt with this going on. Whereas, yeah, I can't imagine a year ago saying I wouldn't wear FaZe stuff. You know, like, guys, like, hey, if you, if you listen to the program, we, we, we love you. We'll help you. You know, we'll put you on Practice Makes Perfect some, Podcast. Of
0: proudest, some of my proudest collaborations literally were with FaZe. Our, our biggest, like, literally biggest Fortnite tournaments that we've ever hosted had FaZe co-branded with our team. Like, And, you know, the sad part is those people I built those events with legitimately have lost their jobs in the last year. They are no longer on the team, like not a part of the department at all. Like, I know personally about 10 that I've personally worked with on many, many events, brought in money with these guys to their org, to our org, and they were the one fired. Like, I find that to be confusing because I literally know the numbers, the tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars on these contracts that we have basically brought in from thin air because we appeal to the blue chip brands but those are some of the first people that lost their jobs so can i root for phase today kind of can't that's why i'm watching from the sidelines i hope to do business with them in the future in some capacity but i am very curious to see where these cuts and changes are going to take the brand because someone thinks that these are great decisions to be made but then you have big signings like these celebrity influencers to the brand today happening right now. So it's confusing. It's all over the place. Phase brand is oh man, it's crazy to think that brand that seemed untouchable Disney collabs what Nike so and LeBron. You know, you know that saying "you're too big to fail." That's not a true saying. Anyone <laughs> no. can fail with some of bad leadership and we're seeing what looks like bad leadership mm. take us down these pathways that are just destroying the phase yeah. brand and yes yeah, someone needs to call grace and rain and tell them yeah. to stop fighting each other <laughs> meanwhile bad. meanwhile on the other end of the spectrum just for perspective
1: this and this, this is our beefiest topic of today y'all for for sure we're just going in depth me and monster we just like thinking about like thinking about things at i'm this trying level. to think about the why dude yeah. like hello meanwhile on the other side nvidia just was had a valuation of just under $1 trillion. trillion. And, and obviously that is largely driven like a lot driven by the demand that's placed on, on machines for video games and stuff like that. So, so we're seeing this, this huge disparity. It's not like video game. It's not video games are not the problem. Video games are not going anywhere, but the ecosystem surrounding them are very much so up at play. And we're seeing large brands flagships i mean i think counter-strike seems to be pretty much the only people somewhat untouched and moving forward without any too big shakeups. but i'm not in that community but even just recently you know fortnite made a huge change what one could say one of the kings of modern esports removing their their siphon feature from the game and i would just love to hear just is that on your perspective monster is that like are they grappling with some of these same things of viewership and trying to move forward or what where does this move come from i think
0: fortnite's in a very tough position as a game as a product as from a company perspective i can see why they want a uniform product so it's easy to be talked about understood and kind of simplifying things down so it's more accessible to the wider base this is why zero build great addition to fortnite boomed up the numbers has created this new economy for the game and you can see the tournaments and the money coming in and we've talked so much about that on the fortnite podcast and if you want to hear more about the intricacies of this you can totally listen to the last episode where we really get into it but to answer your question this is probably one of the bigger changes i think it has to do with making the game more simple so that it can be onboarded understood from the from the viewer because the viewership for fortnite has been terrible this last season and this should have been a knock knock out of the park type situation they merged the entire NA market together where was the marketing efforts in in selling that story driving up the hype because you really have two global like two dominant regions fusing together clashing for the first title for NA and the NA show had such low numbers but they also decided to put the show and the game times at a much different time than their peak time before so there's a lot of decisions that were made there were pieces that were moved and it all missed basically so this change right here comes out of nowhere the players are up in arms i think more people are contemplating stepping away from the game in fact so many of them are so confident that they're going to bring it back because of how bad it is from the competitive perspective that, yeah, it's almost like, oh, they're, they're going to bring it back, guys. Like, there's zero chance. Th-
1: this, this is just so – this is another classic debate of just, like, who, who is right, you know? Because I'll tell you something. I do not play Rocket League, and I never watch it. But yesterday, bro, I was thinking of what you just said. Sitting in a room, I got moms all, all around me being like, is this a best of five? Is it – what happens in the car? But, but bro, overall, <laughs> the premise of the game you can follow and track with. Yes. When you score a goal – People go crazy, and, and I think that that is a game where because of that part of it could have increased viewership, but then what it is lacking is that it is o- almost overly simplistic. We're like, wait, should I just, you know, so man, I, I get it, man. I just, I, I feel like the players, if I think about traditional sports, when they dating basketball and i don't have god i don't have the y'all 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 are smarter than us put it let us know but as they were inventing basketball was once invented basketball one time didn't exist and they made basketball and been improving basketball the players didn't walk they they adapted because they wanted to make money and pursue their passion and i just think that like man there's so many esports players i don't know if it's because of their age but they're just so focused on like the meta that they might lose out on like the gift and the calling of like
0: getting to be a video game professional like I don't know. Would you would you pay to be a fly on the wall in a in a consultancy call between the the leaders of let's just say the basketball industry and they sat down with some folks from the gaming space and any big publisher that's successful. Would you pay to just like listen to what kind of advice do you think they'd give them? Like what what do you what do you think? There's clearly some secret sauce that they know about converting fans, building the brands, making them globally accessible, and making it so that people want to you know. Invest themselves in these experiences. It's like, is it the timing? Like, because esports kind of boomed a little too early, right? And it boomed at a weird time, right? We had the pandemic and all these different factors that really shook things up. It boomed at a weird time.
1: Space now it's moving weird time and in a weird way. Like, if I if I were to say, hey, sit down with these group of people, I would say like whatever group of people. I don't know if it's FIFA or whatever, but like the culture of football teams, like like soccer around the world. That is the future of e- If there is a future of esports, that is it. Here's Not- what I think.
0: I think everyone needs to study the UFC, their rise mm. to prominence mm. and dominance in the sporting, spa- uh, the sporting space. The UFC was literally a failing company purchased by Dana White for, however, hundreds of millions of dollars when people might've thought he was crazy now it's worth $10 billion. billion. I think he paid actually a billion for it or close to it. Like some crazy, crazy. number and grew it up to a $10 billion industry. Yeah. And he's crushing it. What do they do good? They sell those fights. They sell the stories. They yeah. invest in the players. They invest in the talent. You know, I see a lot of, yeah, literal listening to the people that participate and partake in their sport. And the problem is we have TOs that do great things, and. In- and awesome activations but then we have publishers that change the game and delete the this and don't want to sell the that like so is it maybe it's not the tos maybe it's not the market maybe it's not the direction the approach the ideas it could just be we need a phase clan 100 thieves so whoever create the game yourself be the dev be in charge of it and then we're gonna see the industry change does the industry change when dr disrespect's game comes out Nayshot shot games come out stroud's game come out and all of a sudden the dev teams are led by the sole people who are trying to eat from the hand right now and they become the ones
1: who are supplying the meals we got uh-huh. lots we got lots of and lots of this are gonna be crazy man i'm we, just saying we got lots of lots of people putting themselves out there for us to see the other optimistic thing again i i think that we we are seeing a huge dip but bro people are sleeping on high school and collegiate esports i think there will be a resurgence of local fandom and celebration of talent and excitement like bro none of those kids yesterday they ain't worried about what Faze is doing bro they want to play the game dude they are hungry to game bro and it was like it was just so cool to see that like that like uh yeah at that level everyone that i work with uh now, see the difference is for, for high school, for like educational based esports, it's always been a struggle for them. It's always been hard for them to grind out money. But at the end of the day, it's never really been about the money per se for them. And so they've always been, it's about the love of the game and it's about helping that those students find opportunities to move forward. And so I really think, man, four or five years from now, something is gonna continue to bubble where we see this local excitement. Like, bro, I'm sitting here before I went on Saturday. To get it was on Friday. I got Twitch up on my big screen. And it was such a different feel, like watching my boy Rux play the school down the street. Like it was cool, man. It was was like, it felt like a little bit more even meaningful than like watching like CLG
0: play Liquid. I don't know. It was cool. Yeah. I think, I think there's this other conversation too that American esports, the shows, the productions, and the style of the content being produced is actually too professional. Mm. It's too mainstream. It's too serious. And when you look at the, korean and the asian products that they're making much more loose much more fun much more lax even the hispanic cultures there's just it's lively man and it feels different and there's something about the american things that are just it's just so serious the tone the professionalism the the script stick to it you know Um, there there's a disconnect and there's a difference between even the way the content's being produced regionally so i think america in particular is a little behind in that regard because they're they take themselves a little too serious in what they're making and that's probably why it's not being appealed to as much but also to your point there's a generation coming up these high school these collegiate students right there's a boom happening here i agree with you i don't think gaming as a whole is going to dip much further i think instead we are going to have this resurgence we're going to have new industry leaders and there's gonna be a new conversation, but I also think the conversation might end up in a different platform. Those people playing Rocket League, like that local event you watched, they're probably not on Twitter. Like I find that a lot of the kids for some reason are still on Snapchat and TikTok. So like there's a chance that if TikTok can hold on to them and Snapchat can and some of these other platforms, Twitter dominance for being the, the, the space for conversation about really all things, political, gaming, and other topics that landscape can also shift too because we have an emerging generation so i'm also curious where are the conversations going to go because the these the youth basically determine the the flow of the river if you will and they there are they are in charge but yeah it has to happen with this turning leaf so we have the turning leaf of gamers who got famous got money became publishers and now we have the turning leaf, of course, of high school and collegiate students who are going to eventually grow up and become our industry leaders. Conversational, even the platform there where it ends up can shape and change everything.
1: Yeah. And, and, and then you're talking about a new generation of content creators who are will be powered by AI. And Oh, my gosh. And true. and, <laughs> and yet yeah, I think like it's like we're in a loop, like there's going to come another phase clan. You know, there's going to come like I just I hope only hope for humanity that we can somehow we, we just learn a little bit from our our mistakes and even what we're seeing happen now this is something we want to report on positive news uh, people taking ground in the space is that that speed and kai have officially launched their new show on rumble making a, a a record-breaking or groundbreaking deal a lot of people the conversation was so kick versus twitch and then out of nowhere rumble said don't forget about us and right. just absolutely, man, I don't know that I've seen too many things happen that completely shut down a very ongoing debate. And like, I don't see people talk about Kick versus Twitch anymore. It's like, yeah,
0: rum- so it's like, he- Rumble's here. What do we got to say about them? What do we know about them? We know very little, I feel like. Yeah. They're a sleeper app, a sleeper program, sleeper company. It comes up out of nowhere. It had their little buzz. I feel like it became the platform for big band voices to yes. go to to start expressing themselves. It kind of began with andrew tate and mm-hmm. what's the other dude's name it's slipping my mind arab has made a lot of videos with him in recent times sneeko there it is oh yeah, 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 is yeah also like basically blacklisted off of platforms moves over to rumble picks up massive viewership there and all of a sudden it becomes this platform for free speech right flying under the radar but big core fandoms following along for kai and speed to get signed there in a weeks time they took the app from well outside the top 500 of downloaded and interactive apps on the app store up to number one, interacted, highly rated, um, comments booming, downloads surging, all because you signed two of the mega creators at the same time in, in kickstarting again, an entire wave of new people onto platform. Is that how you do it though? We've seen big platform sign number one creators before it could be argued that you know ninja was a white man and kai and sanat are not is that the difference like do they come with a more loyal fan base like what is this all about
1: well i mean i think it's different like even the mixer mixer deal was literally just to get ninja's likeness in his streaming content there right this 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 rumble show this is more of this is a show there's a little bit of again a redemptive arc with it of like these two buddies that were like separated because speed was like you know banned on twitch you know coming together and like them overcoming it and then remember we covered on our last episode like kai was basically saying to twitch like i dare you to ban me i'm gonna make music i'm gonna make streams with my friend And, and so they were riding off riding off of that and uh so yeah this is a show you know honestly again talk about everything's coming back around you know what this show reminded me of, bro? It reminded me of like an MTV show. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you remember it'd be like real world at seven o'clock. Like, so this was so different because it was not just like, it was different than like Ludwig going to YouTube or like Tim going to YouTube. It was like, hey guys, we're on Rumble for this show. Mondays at six or whenever it is, you know, it's very interesting. And like, it's very, like you can tell by from the trailer to everything else. It's a very highly produced. I would almost say this is like, a, this is a television show. It's just on Rumble. Yes.
0: It's definitely highly produced. You can tell there's resources being poured in. And, and just talking about resources being poured in, there was a little bit of controversy actually behind Kai. I forgot to throw this into our notes, but Kai had basically a moderator, someone on his team who was overseeing his content ideas for the month of his full subathon. Oh, that yeah. that creator or, or that person on his team hired about five or six creatives to help come up with these ideas. They were supposed to get paid about $150 or so per used idea, like big ticket ideas, most of which used, none of them got paid. You said most got used? Most got used? I saw the Google document myself. Everything highlighted in green was used. There was at least 30 days worth of content on there. Obviously, 30 days does not mean 30 ideas. It's 30 days worth of 24-hour streams of content around the clock, etc. So tons of ideas were used. These creators have not gotten paid. So. It's yo, just something that they're out there. Yo, no. no that, that's probably a story to be had. Don't wanna, I don't wanna, I don't wanna like
1: shoot shots, but like you and I, I've never struggled with having ideas. I need people to execute them.
0: But I'm, I'm, when you're moving at the highest level, you know, you grow by delegating, right? Yeah. Like yeah responsibility. Yeah. You want things to come to you, and you just you perform. It's like saying, I also have no problem building an analytical yeah. segment for Fortnite, but I just want to talk about it. You're paying me to show up and talk. Tell me what yeah. I got to do. Right? That, that's so, all I'm saying. I'm saying yeah, if
1: anyone's kind of out there and you guys need to hire people for ideas like that, me and Monster got it's you. Crazy. Okay. We, but
0: we, like, it's crazy. Got you. There's, you could make money doing anything, literally, yeah. just being creative. You could see influencers are willing to pay for it. But in this case, maybe not pay for it. He's getting scammed. But you know, it's probably not Kai's fault. It's the moderator's fault. We've seen these kind of um, things happen in the past where you have uh, bad apples in your camp. Yeah. And now look, it looks bad on him.
1: Yeah, and this is just such a great example, though, of just like just want to encourage people. Like, man, end of the day, don't get too caught up in the medium and the platform. Focus on your craft and your expression, because it all comes and goes, and it all comes back around. At the end of the day, these guys have they have stuck to their style and they win. You know, and you know, I think that that um, we just living we're just living in a world where even even tried and true tactics like uh, have of have come and gone like, bro, my sister, uh, my sister has been on, uh, on IG and Twitter for years. She's verified on those platforms. Like before it was fake because she's been writing for, she like writes for like newspapers, but you know, she always stay within the few thousand, you know, uh, about a year and a month ago, she just started a separate account for her poems. She's my sister hit a hundred K on Instagram a couple crazy. weeks ago for written content, just writing that. all she does. I'm she just jealous. writes it. Bro. And so I just, she's really inspired me. I think I've been guilty at times of trying to chase the trend instead of sticking to my craft. And so, I mean, I think that's, that's just the moral of the story. And these guys just, they just, this is who they've
0: always been, you know, like, no, that's really good though. There's a lot to take from the, as far as yeah, like do what floats your boat and you'll build a community around you. Yeah. Trying to chase the trends, that's dangerous, man. You, yeah. you gotta you gotta play with the trends. Don't don't get me wrong. You can't be uh always you know anti what's hot, and then be curious as to why you don't have the numbers, right? Yeah. They yeah. Are the, there's a, there's a delicate balance with yeah. creation. Italian speed seem to do that almost excellent, exceptionally well. They chase the trends, but they also are the trends because they do it their way and they're doing it big. And this is why Rumble is the number one app on this app store currently. Look out for it. It's crazy. We'll see what happens yeah. if, if it's just the hype of the recent signings if they can make some big headlines but as we start to just kind of wrap things up and 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 slide out of here man i want to take a couple shots at uh these these folks for over at call of duty Um, they've taken down dnca claims are going crazy right now not only not only call of duty but also shame on you aiden ross dnca claiming folks that are featuring him in youtube channels where he was
1: so petty
0: collaborating with creators there's there's this exploitative thing happening right now with dmca claims and i think people should be getting punished for it aiden ross in particular should get banned off of youtube i think he should learn a lesson give him a a 6 to 12 month suspension let him see what it feels like to lose out on hundreds of thousands of dollars he's taking he's
1: taking money out of people's mouths bro. Like your food. Not only that,
0: he he can ruin someone's livelihood. A DMCA strike becomes a permanent strike on your channel. Three strikes and you're out is YouTube's policy. They're too big of a juggernaut to care about you. The drop in the water. So you know what I mean. Means much more to the creator. This I'm surprised that Call of Duty is doing this
1: because they're a part of a studio now that owns some older IP that has gone through these ups and downs. You know, one a game that you and I love, World of Warcraft, has 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 gone all the way up and down and one of the things that world of warcraft has always done is allowed people to create some of their own iterations it's not been a perfect pass there's definitely their stories of it but overall like people have been allowed to to, you know or, or encouraged to kind of do some of these things within within the game's ip and right now it's just such a bad look people are already mad at call of duty and they're shutting down these these developers people people who are just fans of their game who have worked and probably not made any money on these side projects and you know someone pointed out the main issue is that call of duty does not support the ability to play some of some of these older titles and people are just trying to just play them and just
0: also modern warfare 2 is infested with hackers and cheaters on the main game servers you cannot load into the games and just play a regular game they're 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 gross to play on. They're unplayable almost, some might say. So when you have these private servers being hosted up from a fandom's perspective, they're not even looking to monetize these things. They're making them publicly accessible, stable, and safe places to play and enjoy the product of the game. And they're shutting that down. That That's detrimental, in my opinion, to the brand, to the fandom. Like, yeah. why do
1: that? Yeah, and then meanwhile, juxtaposed to something that just happened this weekend is they had a classic Halo championship where... with because of the ford system of halo infinite which is a game that has sucked in the last two years but something positive is because of the software they have within the game somewhat similar some could say a predecessor to fortnite creative in some ways is people were fans took the game and built the game back into what it was for halo 3 they took out sprint they rebuilt the maps everything and they had a tournament about it and, and it was really positive for the community and that's just that's just that's just good and i'm like it just sucks that like Call of Duty is just like, I don't know what they're threatened by. I don't know. It just feels like a bad move PR, you know, overall to their community. Yeah,
0: and it's crazy to see them going backwards when FN Create, Fortnite Creative, literally is moving forwards. They just unleashed their sandbox version. They allow you to rebuild... The one-of-one of, one of the original map, they were literally allowing you to do what Call of Duty is trying to stop others from doing. It's so silly. And Fortnite is like letting... In, well, not Fortnite, but I should say Epic Games yeah. is allowing you to monetize and make money and, and drive players. Like, they kind of get it. I don't see why COD doesn't. Like, it just seems so outdated. And they really got some dinosaurs up at the top over there. And they must be... Hell bent on sticking to whatever script it is that they they signed whatever you know, 20 script. years ago. 20 <laughs> years ago, they're still sticking to it. Clearly it's not working as well. They're losing, they're losing players by the day. It's it's just tough to see a game like Call of Duty also moving in the wrong direction. I guess yeah. called and phase can put them on the same stock graph. They're probably you, you know working correlation. There you together.
1: go. Well, you know, and the program, you know, we can't not mention the, the PlayStation event that just took place. I've never I haven't owned a PlayStation since 2003, but obviously some of the play- the games are cross platforms and have cultural implications. So it's cool to see the new handheld gaming, you know, with all the traveling I've been doing, I know you have too. I feel like I have a little bit of a new appreciation for for a really solid like handheld portable situation. I just travel with my gaming laptop and bro, it, it's it actually can be mad clunky, you know, even with the way that Steam works is like it's actually you have to many 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 weird steps to actually play a game that's downloaded on your laptop offline it's weird and then like a lot of laptops with the battery thing so i'm really interested in that and then you know i've never played last of us but i've been really into the show and i I have plans to now that it's on pc play the last of us but i know many people are very disappointed in the delay of the multiplayer multiplayer version of last of us but man i just can't help but think if they think they needed to delay it we will all be happy in the end in the end, we'll be happy.
0: Yeah, this is especially true because we're seeing what happened with Zelda in their recent product release, taking it offline for a year to just be worked on and then developed more. Then released was a much better game, polished experience, bug-free, etc. There is a controversial topic there, though, because Zelda ran by a AAA company, etc. They can afford to basically do true, those true. things. And then you have the other side of the token where it's like, hey... Yeah, if only it was that easy. Just pay us for a whole extra year of development. And maybe then we can make a better game. I saw this this funny like Twitter debate happening around that topic. But just talking about the PlayStation event, before I get up out of here, I just want to give a shout-out to Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater being re-released in the year 2024. So, um, dude, my favorite game in series of all time. I'm so pumped. I loved Snake Eater. There were so many um just Easter eggs and and little quirks about the game. And it was just awesome. I- like honestly a great, great story that plays out with, with Snake. And yeah, I'm not gonna spoil it, but the guys, majority of the releases
1: are, are single player. You know, man, they're bring it, it back. Maybe that's what we all need to go do, bro. Get off Twitter, get off comp for a little bit and just go play some just go just go play some games, bro. At
0: the end of the day, Elden Ring was, you know, the, the shining example of you put effort in, you create a world that people yep. will love and, and they'll come back to kind of experience it. Um granted, Elden Ring was a total new IP, which is even makes it even more spectacular of a feat as far as the numbers that and sales that they push for. But when you have these known brands like Snake Eater or Metal Gear, I should say, Last of Us, etc. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have all the power in the world. And also, like, where's where's the you know the next Elder Scrolls, right? We're waiting yep. on that too. So and people a lot, of, a lot of cool things. People love the new Star
1: Wars games, Lone Survivor. I, I just started the the predecessor to that because it looks cool so lot, nice. lots of good stuff ahead you guys well this has been
0: a fun episode guys we had a lot to talk about if you have been following along this far hope y'all enjoyed this one man what a what a week it's been the last couple weeks actually since we we dropped this updates or these latest updates so we're keeping things very much relevant for y'all at home don't forget to send all your complaints to me at the Fortnite podcast at gmail.com. Also, leave your reviews. Like I said, let me know what y'all think about. Maybe us taking some of these bite sized moments, throwing them up on the channel where y'all can just kind of stay in tune with, and maybe something catches your ear, and then at that moment, go ahead and dive deeper into the full episodes. But with that, John, let the people at home know where they can find you, my man. Yeah, John
1: W Key Rush on Twitter and Project W Key on all other platforms.
0: Well, all right. Don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory y'alls. Peace, y'all.